0: to pause and pray a chance to stop what we're doing to reflect on scripture and to pray and we are working our way through mark's gospel taking a little bit each week Uh, it's going to take us uh, carry us on for the rest of the year as we look at it in very small sections Uh, so we're going to be looking this week at mark chapter 1 verses 14 through to 20. so you might want to Grab a Bible, get somewhere comfortable, get a coffee, sit down as we look at these verses together and as we hear what God has to say to us through these words. So I'm reading from Mark uh, verse 14, chapter 1. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent, And believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I'll make you fish for people. And immediately they left the nets and followed him. As he went a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Well, today these verses in Mark really uh, form the beginning of Jesus's public ministry. Uh, just to remind a recap before this, we had Jesus was sent out into the wilderness uh, to be tempted. And of course that have, took place immediately after his baptism where the Holy Spirit descended upon him and that a voice was heard declaring Jesus to be God's son. And here Jesus begins his ministry and he goes to this region of Galilee. And we're told that he went proclaiming the good news of God, saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. And these verses, of course, Uh, immediately fulfill what uh, John the Baptist had been saying about Jesus. Up until then John had been preaching to people saying someone is coming who is greater than me. Uh, He was looking forward to Jesus coming Uh, and Jesus' ministry follows on from John. He has a similar message. He's proclaiming the kingdom of God. He's calling people to repentance but interestingly uh, for Jesus the time is not uh, sometime in the future but actually As Jesus says the time is fulfilled the time has come to its completion and that word time in Greek kairos can well it can either mean uh, a particular moment in time uh, or it can cover a span of time and so the sense of uh, really perhaps it has both those senses um, meaning that uh, you know a span of time has has come to its completion because now is the moment now is the time where the kingdom of God has come near. Now is the time uh, where Jesus is inaugurating that kingdom, where Jesus is bringing God's kingdom to earth. And Jesus proclaims this message of good news. We thought about this a few weeks ago, right at the beginning of our gospel, uh, this proclamation of good news. Uh, And he calls people to repent. And that word repentance, again, it means... This idea of turning around, this, uh, in Greek word, metanoia, means to turn around, to face a new direction, almost like maybe the word conversion uh, has a better sense of what repentance means. It can get a bit overly, we can have that kind of overly religious overtones to it um, as we think of repentance. But actually, it really is. It's all about turning around. It's about what direction is your life facing? Uh, And the call is to turn around and to face towards Jesus. And the first thing Jesus does in his ministry is he goes and he forms a team. He gets a group of people around him. He gathers together these people to, to be a community with him, to, to live with him, to learn from him, to share in his ministry. And so we have the calling of these first disciples. And really, that, first of all, that really, I think, highlights to us how God chooses to work in the world, and that God chooses to work in partnership. It's one of the first things that the Son of God does, is he goes and he gets people to come alongside him. He gets people to come and share in his ministry. And that's indicative of how God chooses to work in the world today, that God chooses to, to use people, use us, uh, in all sorts of different ways, uh, to work as his partners, helping to bring in his kingdom. And here we have the calling of the first disciples. Uh, And we have the calling of Simon and Andrew, uh, James and John, and of course, Simon, who then went on to become Peter, as the one who Jesus said, you know, upon this rock, I will build my church. He of course became the kind of the leader of the disciples. Along with James and John, Paul referred to the three of them as, as the three pillars of the church. They were clearly the most significant people here. Mark obviously includes them at the beginning. Maybe they were significant partly because they were the first disciples Jesus called. Um, Perhaps they have this prominence, Uh, certainly Peter. Uh, Scholars think that that Mark is almost, if you like, Peter's gospel because of Peter's close relationship with Mark, Uh, and Mark has first-hand stories from Peter. But Jesus calls these disciples, and it says, this, as he was passing along by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. It's interesting that Jesus uh, goes to them as they were casting a net into the sea. And now, of course, fishing was an activity that that took place at night; it wasn't a daytime activity. So it seems to me that. Jesus wasn't just casually strolling along the Sea of Galilee uh, looking for someone who might follow him. Actually, it seems a bit more strategic. It seems that Jesus intentionally went out, went to their place of work, their place of occupation, uh, at the time where they would have been working, uh, and sought them out. It says he saw Simon and his brother Andrew. That, That sense of seeing is the sense of, you know, Seeing someone possessing someone in their sight, uh, Jesus sought out Simon and his brother Andrew. And of course the same, you get that same sense when he's then, he then goes on a bit further uh, and he saw James and his brother John. Clearly Jesus was intentionally seeking out Simon and Andrew, James and John, going to their place, where their occupation was, where they were at work, uh, meeting them where they were at and calling them to follow him. And it's fascinating what he he says. He calls out and says, follow me and I'll make you fish for people. Their current vocation that they had as fishermen, Jesus then calls and introduces a new vocation that he has for them. Bigger plans for them to go and fish for people, to to catch people and bring them into the Kingdom of God. How Jesus uh, recruits people, I think, is also something that we can take on board, something that is illuminating for us. If you think about Jesus uh, as a Rabbi, as a teacher, who might he go and recruit to join him, to become part of his inner circle? Well. You might think in worldly terms that he would go straight to the synagogue or to the temple, that he would go to the Pharisees or try and recruit some of the the scribes, people that were trained in the scriptures, people uh, that maybe already worked in uh, in a religious setting. You might think those would be the people that Jesus would target, that Jesus would call to be alongside him uh, as a rabbi and helping to uh, draw people to him. But that's not what he does he goes to very simple ordinary pretty rough uh, folk working as fishermen he goes to them and they're the people that he chooses to be his inner circle i think this reminds us that that god chooses to use ordinary people to work with him to come alongside him to share in his ministry and his recruitment process is fascinating. It's not like a worldly recruitment process. It doesn't involve a, some kind of gruelling testing time, uh, you know, like the apprentice or master chef. Uh, it doesn't involve uh, headhunting the most talented people around, those who have the most experience to offer. It doesn't involve having some kind of a democratic process where people have voted on to join him. Jesus goes and he seeks out these people. Uh, These people who already have another vocation. Very ordinary, everyday people. And he calls them to follow him, to come alongside him and to share in his ministry. And their response is also something that we can learn from. We're told that that Simon and Andrew, uh, when Jesus called them, immediately left their nets and followed him. And then when he calls James and John, uh, as they were mending the nets, he says, they left their father Zebedee in their boat with the hired men and followed him. And this, uh, in Mark's gospel, I think, serves also as an illustration that Mark is placing. Interestingly, he places it immediately after Jesus goes out and proclaims, the good news has come near, repent and believe in the good news. It seems that this is an active illustration of how one is to respond to Jesus's calling, to Jesus's preaching. Jesus says, the kingdom of God has come near. Well, interestingly, Jesus went along and drew nearer to Simon and Andrew, James and John. He called them to repent. Uh, He said, follow me turn your life around your life as fishermen is going to face a new direction as you follow me and you catch people and this call believe in the good news Well, all of those disciples simply drop their nets and follow jesus they clearly placed their trust in him they placed enough trust in him to drop their vocation, drop their livelihood, drop their security, their source of income, drop what they knew, and enter into this unknown world, following this new radical rabbi, this preacher, this one with this new teaching that had a new kind of authority. They were prepared to drop everything and to follow Jesus on this new adventure. I think this serves as a, there's a great example to us and something for us to think about as we think about these verses. We think that actually they remind us that God seeks ordinary people out like you and me to partner in him, to partner with him in bringing about the kingdom of God. These passages remind us that while we we all have our own jobs and vocations. Uh, actually, God calls us to another vocation. That doesn't mean, uh, like Peter, and James and John that, and Andrew, that we stop working and we go off and become missionaries in another country or do something else like that. But even within our own vocational workplace, our own occupation, whatever we're doing, whatever situation we're at, we're at, Jesus comes to us, seeks us out, and he says, follow him and join him in his ministry and bringing in his kingdom. God calls us to something more. And God calls us to follow him, whatever direction our life is heading on, whatever direction of travel we're facing. That call to turn around, to follow Jesus, is there on all of us. And the question for us is, how do we respond? How do we respond? Are we like some of those people that Jesus met that said, you know, I've got plenty of things to do. My life's pretty busy right now. I don't have time to stop what I'm doing and to follow you. Or is our response like the disciples? To drop what we have and to follow Jesus into this unknown adventure. As we think about these verses, let's think too about our own calling, how God calls us to follow him uh, and to go and be his partners. Let's take a moment to think about that and to pray. Lord, we thank you for this calling on your disciples and the reminder of these verses. And we pray that we would hear your voice calling us to follow you. And may we have the courage of those first disciples to place our lives and entrust them into your hands to follow you where you lead us. In Jesus' name, Amen.